Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. John Lennon once said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is reality. Join me as we connect dreams to reality by chatting with innovators from around Washington, DC. Our show is proudly sponsored by the DC chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. This is the Impactful Leadership Show. Well, welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough, CEO of Blackburn Capital Advisors. Today's guest runs a coaching business specializing in working with small business owners that want to scale and expand, as well as emerging leaders and C-suite executives. Please welcome Beth Ann Ferris. Welcome, Beth Ann. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Very happy to be here. Happy to be here. And uh, thank you for having me. It's great to have you on the show. So we like to focus on leadership. And my favorite question to ask my guests is, Beth Ann, tell me about some misconceptions in leadership. Yeah, I think the biggest misconception that you know really pops into mind is that it's about other people, the leading other people. Uh, I think that is the biggest misconception um, that I can think of, right? That off the bat, it is leaders have followers. This is true, right? Any leader has a follower. This is what makes you a leader is to have followers. However, the idea that it's about the followers is, I think, the biggest misconception. So the, the idea that that we have to influence the other people and get them to do what they want it, they need them to do and to move this along um, is the misconception. The focus shouldn't be on the followers. It should be on the leader. It should be on self. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, let's dig into that a little bit deeper. You know, over your experience, when have you seen that type of leadership really thrive? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good point, right? There are good leaders and bad leaders, right? <laughs> there are, you know, effective leaders, um, temporary effective leaders that push things through and make things happen, which is great, which is, however, not usually sustainable. Where those great leaders is those are the ones I think you will want to focus on good leaders, sustainable leaders, and that the followers are happy to follow. They're not falling off. They're not. Um, and the word authentic comes to mind, right? Really authentic, being authentic with self. And that means you got to get to know yourself. You have to get into and heal all those wounds that we have so it doesn't come across. And we yeah, have a lot of wounds, right? Everybody yeah. does. <laughs> and and to talk to us a, li a little bit more about healing and wounds and self-awareness and being authentic, you know, we've got podcast listeners listening today who, like me, have wounds that over time I'm trying to, to repair. Talk to us about that journey for those individuals. Um, Self-reflection, right? A lot of a coach can help tremendously. Um, and when I got into coaching, this was something uh, that was almost a bit surprising to me. I mean, I know we all have wounds. However, the the biggest, the leaders, the ones that are that have that ambition, that want to go and change the world, usually have a lot, usually have a lot of stuff going on um, and deep wounds mm. that have actually made them who they are. This propels them into wanting to change and wanting to do great things and having all that ambition. 
So there's, it's a double-edged sword. You're going to get both. And when I started kind of this journey of, of switching into coaching from consulting and getting into the real person and getting into leadership development, it is, those are the things that hold us back. And how do we do that? Uh, is it, it can be a lot of work, right? It can be a lot of work, a lot of awareness. Um, doesn't have to be, you know, like therapy that we're really digging in. Um, mm-hmm. I love therapy. I'm not knocking therapy. However, it can take a long time, right? We're, we don't have time to spend five years in therapy to get some of this progress, which is where a coach can help facilitate that so much faster. Certainly. And you know that the next layer, I think of this onion skin is vulnerability. Yes. And one of the things that we struggle with in leadership is you feel as if you got to stand on the chair with a brave chest out and ready to lead and walk through the wall. But for me, a lot of it fits also into vulnerability and that mm-hmm. allows followers to follow or yes, motivates you, them to follow. How You're absolutely right. But you cannot be truly vulnerable and authentic when you've got a wall up because of past trauma. You just you can't. It, it doesn't work. And I see it over and over and over again, right? If you're not willing to go there, you got to let those walls down and be able to get through some of that. Uh, and I keep saying trauma, right? But but the trauma that's in your life and be able to face that when you're authentic and be able to face that, then you can, your authenticness comes out. It doesn't, right? It doesn't, there's no barriers left. I mean, there's always going to be some small things, right? Some small things that that come up, but you don't get past your trauma, there is zero probability you're going to be the leader, that great leader that you want to be. That's very insightful. But then talk to, talk to me about kind of the first step, right? We've got an audience member, even my, myself, who, what's the first step to, to breaking through that self-awareness, helping get through the wall so that you can become the leader that that you know you should be? Uh, first step. Well, I'm a coach. So the first step I think is, you know, get, get some help, get somebody that knows the, what you need and then be able to f- that flexibility. Also, everybody's different. Everybody's got different. Mm. Their, their path is going to be different, but get somebody that you trust, get somebody that um, you can have these conversations with because it's not a day-to-day thing. We don't talk about this every day. You don't go to the board reading and, and, and talk about this vulnerability. However, when you bring vulnerability, when you bring your true self, that authentic, authentic self into the boardroom, stuff changes, right? When you are allowed, when you are allow yourself as the leader to be vulnerable, as a leader, be authentic. And you touched on it earlier. You don't have to have all the answers, right? That's another big misconception about leadership. You don't have all the answers, right? That's the wall. That's part of the wall of, you know, I, well, I have to, right? I'm not going to feel, you know, secure or I have to show that my followers that I have complete control and I know all the answers and I can get this done for them to follow you. Uh, they know, right? People around you know if you don't have the answer, 
they will know it'll show up at some point. That's right. I, I completely agree. Um, you know, thinking about sort of early on in someone's career and whichever path they're going through, either corporate entrepreneurship, whichever, at some point in time, these leadership skills and personality pro forma start coming to the surface. Um, how do you identify your leadership style sort of earlier on in, in a career path or in, on your journey? How to, how to get that style. Um, I always suggest looking at other leaders, right? Looking at the leaders that you want to emulate. Look at those people. What are the qualities that they have? What are they? What are, you know, dig into some, a few people, maybe, you know, uh, larger leaders, right? Like, uh, very public leaders or leaders that you have in your, in your surroundings, people that you know, people that, you know, have led you. What are those qualities that you admire and that you appreciate in them? And then work on that. Well said. So switching gears slightly, when you look at leaders, either Mm-hmm. on the television, around your community, in your home, which, what traits do you admire in particular? Honesty, authenticity, right? Mm. Um, they have drive, they have, they're inspired, right? You want to inspire other people, but you have to be inspired yourself. So finding that, that you know, your why, finding your purpose, what are you doing this for? Why are you doing this and it it's not just for money it's never just for money dig usually it's i want to make money and i want to i want to work i don't want to work for the man i want to work for me and i want to have all the freedom uh however if you know your audience probably is is mostly entrepreneurs you know this really quickly that now you're tied 24 7 to a business right it, it becomes you and it can easily take over your life you're now working not for the man, but for your business. <laughs> so finding that balance is important, right? Finding that, but you've got to know why you're doing what you're doing and have to be inspired by that. And it doesn't matter what you're selling. It's the underneath part. What are you doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? And waking that's- up every morning going, that's the thing, you know, and that's the thing that I'm getting excited about. You bring that energy to your board and your people. And when you're inspired, that spills over. It certainly does. And I, and I love seeing that shift in entrepreneurs where, to your point, right? At the beginning, it's, I don't want to go to get in my car and go commute to go work for a Fortune 500 company. I'm going to put my shingle out. I'm going to do X and Y because I need to yep. put food on the table. But right. at some point in time, it, it might not even be that business, but it's, another reason why you wake up every day you know i feel like i retired 10 years ago because i do what i love every day right so it's not work anymore (laughs) yeah right i mean you know and that's great and sometimes that that works right that's kind of the dream however if you dig deep enough it doesn't matter what you're selling it does really doesn't matter and it doesn't matter to the leadership what what it is it's about finding the thing that really gets you excited and and inspires you. And it could be that you're, you know, it doesn't matter. Again, you'd be selling popsicles, but what is the thing, right? Maybe creating joy for people, right? Giving that joy to other people or 
or wanting to, you know, I don't know what that is, right? Like it could be anything, but it's yours and you hold on to that, that core thing. And it spills over. Leadership is not just in the boardroom. You got to, you bring it home to you too. Mm -hmm. It is everything. And so when I start coaching somebody, I'll ask them what's happening at home, right? What's happening in your personal life? What's going on there? Because if there is an imbalance of what's going on in the office and what's going on at home, that's a huge red flag also. Because this inspired person, this person that, that's just, you know, wanting to change even something little in the world, that makes a difference at home too. So if I asked you, what, what is your purpose? What do you, what do you love to do? What's your why? Yeah, that, that's, that's spot on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling your inspiration just from your responses to these questions. And I, um, love, I would love to hear more about your journey and how you ended up becoming an executive coach, you know, walk us through sort of where you've been, where you're going, talk to us a little bit about the types of clients you're working with. Um, okay. So, um, I graduated and, uh, moved with my husband to South America. So actually he's European. He is still European, not my current husband, but still European. Um, and we moved to South America to build a business and, and, um, this was just an adventure, right? So there, there's a little bit of expat right in me. We were there. I was there for about 25 years, um, building a business and, you know, raising a family. Um, I did some consulting. I did, I had a, um, marketing business. So doing websites, uh, and they, we were in a rural area and that wasn't available. So, um, we just, you know, I just did it. And then that built into a business that kind of turned into consulting, um, my background in school was management, not leadership, was management. Um, and then, and that was super interesting, right? Being around all these leaders were a, a lot of expat leaders, a lot of leaders that were struggling with, um, this kind of, you know, living and, uh, having work in different society, right? A different, um, culture, which was super interesting for me. And then when I moved back to the U.S. about 10 years ago, um, I got, I was like, okay, well, now what? What do I want to do? Consulting was great, but it wasn't my why, right? It wasn't my why. I didn't want to, I didn't want to tell people what to do because I, I, you know, over and over and over, it was, it's not effective. So my journey to become a coach came from this, this coming back to the US now what do i want to do how do i want to my the rest of my life what is that what do i want to look like and dug into my why right dug into that what how do i want to make an impact on the people around me i did love i love working with people and especially one on one i love that um consulting is great it, it was not for me right it um i love digging in deeper right I love digging in deeper. I love finding those places where, you know, you get those aha moments of, oh my gosh, you know, I've been looking at the situation in a totally different or totally wrong way. How can I change and shift and, and, and do that, um, totally differently? So I got into leadership. I have my master's degree in organizational leadership, um, leadership and organizational, uh, design. 
And that was fascinating. Um, and that led into coaching because that, that gets me up in the morning, right? Gets me up in the morning. They're, the trauma informed part of coaching is, was something that I added on. Um, emotional intelligence was something that I added on. Uh, NLP is something that I also added on. I'm pretty much a lifelong learner. I love it. Um, and we've talked about earlier, I am currently working on a PhD in business psychology. This, that fascinates people, fascinate me. Um, behavior fascinates me. And I love what I do, right? I mean, it's exciting and I never know what I'm going to get. I have to let go. I have to learn all this stuff and I get to learn all the psychology and behind all this. But then I have to let this go when I have a coaching conversation, let everything go and just be with that person and allow them to get where they need to go without me interjecting what I think they need, if that makes sense. Completely makes Which sense. Is, yeah, it's it's kind of a um, it's kind of this dance, right? Of I don't know where it's going to go. I I never, whenever I I have a coaching conversation. I mean, there's sometimes you know you have assessments and things that we need to talk about, but I I never in a coaching conversation never have an agenda. It's going to be them, and we're going to dig in to wherever that is and remove you know removing blocks one by one. So it leads me to the loaded question, right? Of when is the right time to find and hire a coach? You know, I'm thinking across my journey and I've been working with a coach, same coach for probably 12 years now. And the reason I hired her, um, I was transitioning from being a CFO to a CEO. And I realized that I had a blind spot there and I just happened to be swimming in a master's program. And this woman who was an executive coach was swimming in my lane and we had a conversation. And next thing you know, 12 years later, we're still working together. Yeah. But so I, so my point being, it's kind of, for me, it's, it was a random walk of just falling into a coaching relationship. Mm-hmm. For others, how do you see that that first initial sort of aha moment that somebody says, oh, I need a coach. And then what's the next step to finding the fit the style. Talk to us through that part of it. Well, I mean, I'm going to answer that question with a question. What do you get? What do you get out of coaching? What are you getting from this relationship? Yeah, many different things. Uh, First, accountability, right? I know every two weeks when that reminder, that invite pops up, it's, oh, I better get my act together. Uh Um, And two, it's a completely different perspective of whatever I'm contemplating. It could be a new business idea. It could be a relationship in my home. It could be a mixture of everything. She's also got an amazing ability to sort of retain my history. And so she she brings up things in our conversations that I'm like, oh yeah, I have done this before. Or mm-hmm. when I tried this the last time. And so um that those are a few of the things, a few of the many things, um, especially around decision-making and helping me process and, you know, whiteboarding out ideas and mind mapping and goal setting and on and on and on. So yeah, period. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you need to know what the first thing is, what do I want to get out of this situation, right? What do I want to get out of a relationship or a coaching engagement? What do you want personally? There, you know, there are some people that, that want some specific, they want a coach to tell them what to do, 
right? Um, so you need to find a coach that's going to, you know, figure out what you want first. What is it? Do you want the accountability? Do you want the, the new perspective? Do you want this um, arena to be able to really talk about things that, number one, they're, they don't come up a lot. Um, they're normal conversation. You know, being a leader is lonely. It is lonely. It, it feels lonely a lot of the times. Um, you don't have the, the really safe space to be able to talk about some of these hard things. And a, a great coach is going to help you with those blocks that you don't even know you have. Right. Yep. She must bring up things also like what, well, what's going on here? And they're bringing those parallels together and what's happening. How is, how is this affecting you? When we get into a situation where, you know, we can get move so fast and a lot of leaders move very, very fast, right? Your brain is going all the time, fast, go, go, go. And it is a time also to slow down and make sure you're running in the right path, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a little bit off, you could end up somewhere where you don't want to be. Be able to, to slow down, calm down for a moment and really think about what that is and, and how to get there and adjust and change. And every, you know, every couple of weeks having a conversation around that can just be like a breath of fresh air. I'm like, okay, got it. Let's go. And then go off and run again. That's exact, exactly right. Now, you, you mentioned a, a few letters uh, a few minutes ago called N NLP. And I've yeah. heard that those letters a couple times, and I'm starting to get familiar with it a little bit. Talk to us a little bit more what NLP is for the audience and for myself. Okay. It's neurological linguistic programming. And um, this is, it is, it's not new. It's relatively new um, compared to like, uh, you know, old, older psychology. It takes a little bits and pieces from a lot of different areas. And, and what you're really doing is uh, this is a, it's a very highly, you know, listening skill. So we're really listening. We're really listening to words and how you're putting words together and what those, you know, ultimately mean. So, um, we can, you know, through this and there's a lot of different methods. So I've got, I don't know, I think I've got three different certifications <laughs> in a lot of different ones because there, there's a lot of similarities, but some have a lot some different things that go a little bit deeper. And, and, um, this is a great tool to understand a person's like, we think differently. I think differently from you. I think differently from everybody else. You know, we don't have the same experiences. We don't, we didn't grow up the same way. We don't have the same background and the same history. So it is impossible for me to understand that. But I want to see what you're seeing through your eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Through your lens. And NLP is a great way to be able to do that, right? To be able to see what you see and be able to understand through language, through what you're saying, and you know, some maybe some body language too, but from really what you're saying, really how you're saying it, to be able to identify some of those blocks, right? So this is a great way um, to do that, to be able to to get into your head, so to speak, or understand where you're coming from, and that's 
then I can feed that back to you, right? I can under, mm-hmm. you know, what is that? How, how are we, how are you doing this? Right. Um, so understanding the mind in a different way. And, uh, it's a great, it's a great, it, I, I don't even want to call it a tool. It is, it is a way of thinking almost other than, um, so a lot of coaches do a lot of NLP because of this, right? Because of we can understand you much better, much, much quicker. Um, and then there are, you know, I use it a lot for trauma, right? Small T trauma, big T trauma. Um, if, you know, if it is, and I'm going to be very careful, trauma that doesn't require a psychologist or a therapist, right? Um, trauma that, you know, t- we all have some of those things. If you are not functioning and you cannot function, you know, then you need a therapist, right? And, and that is something, you know, I, I do. I, this is not unusual. It doesn't happen all the time, but I will refer people to a therapist if we uncover something that they need, you know, uh, a therapist for. I'm very happy to do that, right? This is not in my area, so I have to be careful about my lane. But smaller T trauma, um, we can work on with NLP to to get into how the mind is remembering some of this trauma, how how it remembers trauma, and adjust that, shift that in a little way, so it gives you a lot of relief. I don't know if I'm explaining that well. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. You've got my curiosity spinning. Um, So, you know, going back to your PhD, what you just described with NLP, um, it sounds as if you're crafting, you're you're gathering more tools for your future self. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk to us about your future self and how you see yourself impacting people, lives, the community. Well, okay, good. <laughs> um, the knowledge, right? The knowledge of the PhD is something that that attracts me. Um, my focus in the PhD is more around change and change management and how to uh, influence people to change because it's a, it is an area where we're always changing. We're there's never we're never stagnant. However, change is super hard for a lot of people. We don't like it. Um, most people don't like it unless they're inspired to change. And that's where that's great leadership comes into play. Mm-hmm. My future, uh, yeah, revving up to um, hopefully, you know, influence, working on a, a, in so such a great project uh, with a number of uh, people that in, in not we're not ready yet to in you know, open this up to a lot of people, but we are working on, working on some, uh, ability to change coaching, right? Change coaching and help people actually through NLP, but in a different, um, in a different way, right? So working on a program to really affect people in mass, if that makes sense using the the concepts of NLP and all the things. Um, there's a lot of different types of um, kind of therapies. I don't want to 
it's not clinical. We don't want to, you know, walk into that lane, but borderline, right? It's a borderline kind of using the NLP, but uh, getting to a lot of people. So this is a, a really great project. Maybe in a year, we will have another discussion. I can tell you all about that. Right now, I'm, I, we're right now at the kind of beginning and the stages and mapping this out and, you know, uh, and getting all the investors and things like that. So it is, uh, something that I don't feel comfortable talking about right now, but next year, yeah. That's super exciting. Um, so tell us how to follow you. Uh, what's your social media platform of choice? Uh, somebody wants to connect, an audience member wants to reach out and talk to you about coaching. Uh, LinkedIn is probably the easiest. LinkedIn is the easiest. Um, I guess we, we can put those uh, contacts underneath there or along with this podcast. LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, I do have a webpage that doesn't have a ton of information, but it's there. Uh, Um, And probably those two are going to be the easiest ways to get a hold of me. I usually look at LinkedIn the most. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll include those in the show notes for sure. So if anyone who's listening while driving, uh, you can just scroll down when you get back to your computer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bethann, it was awesome having you on the show. I, I feel like we could talk and go down a handful of different avenues yeah. and really- There's a lot of things. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there's so there's so much. And it's, you know, I think it's great. I think your, your, the podcasting you're doing and the, the community that you're serving is fantastic because because these leaders need need that community also uh entrepreneurs usually get left out of this right they don't have the the people around them and creating this community is great so i applaud you on that well done thank you i love it it's uh i did intentionally skip your why question and this is part of my why so anyways it was amazing to have you on the show and i'll uh book you for a year out so we can talk a little bit more about your next project okay yeah yeah once we get that really solidified, um, it'll be absolutely. I would love to come back and talk about that. And that's a wrap, my friends. Thank you for spending your time with me. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at impactfulleadershipshow.com. One last food for thought. Walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone.